Just a couple of boys from WA. But if you're not, that's okay. It's the Mitchell and Michael Show. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. Uh, it's a good one. Of course, we've got Jacob Lansme on the show to do his sports recap. We talk about a WA cattle farmer who's facing the most un-Australian thing ever. And uh, your wife is uh, concerned that there's not enough double mums out there. Yeah, she really hopes for you know a progressive society. But I sort of shatter her dreams and present her with a more likely scenario. So, oh, because we, we do find out about it, but we don't actually know the answer. Is that the... We don't know the answer yet. Can she find out? Is there... Well, we were trying to like discuss like, that. Oh, do your mums kiss? Like, she's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they hate each other. Oh, but still, yeah. I'm still confused. Are they together or are they not? Yeah, that's true. You know? That is very true. Uh, but we do have to kick it off, of course, uh, covering the biggest headlines with Ben Hajavi. Uh, and it's now. Politics. Crime. Sport. Finance. You've heard the news before, but not like this. <laughs> It's Up Early with Ben Ha-Harvey. Michael Ross. Give me the headline. A cattle farmer, WA cattle farmer, has been banned from all pubs in Western Australia. Oh, no. After a bit of a bit of a row, so he can't go anywhere. Um, <coughs> I was just going to say it's utterly ridiculous. Uh, and also, he's been barred. Thoughts? Barred? Like, he's been barred from entering. Because they're bars. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just like was unsure about that one. I just wanted to. What did he go? This is bullshit. It's right there. It's right there because he's cattle. Yeah, sometimes you're too close to the tree to see the forest or something. Yeah, it's nice. Yep. Um, too close to the cow to see the herd. Oh, he's <laughs> done it again. Yeah. Oh, who would have thought yeah. all my good gear is about cows? <laughs> You've heard that. Uh, Wayne Carey, AFL superstar Wayne Carey, has been spotted in the southwest after his uh, white powder saga. Oh no, that doesn't help his case being in the southwest because you know <laughs> they love it there. <laughs> We're not allowed to talk about it much, okay, mate? I can't, uh, yeah. I can't do much there. <laughs> I said don't say it, but it's in the headlines. Why did you say that then? Oh, that was like it wasn't really a joke. It just it seems slightly slanderous. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm, he's going to the place no, where they're like drugs. I didn't. <laughs> did I say that? That's you. You no, said. No, you that. said. Maybe he's going to the place southwest that loves, likes icing powder. They like anti-inflammatories. <laughs> southwest footy is a tough league, so they're obviously yeah, always maybe. quite broken down and hurt. Well, mate. Uh, finally, Jamaica, <laughs> the country, has banned music and TV that promotes drug use. Hope they enjoy their silence. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <laughs> That's slanderous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we can upset our Jamaican listeners. That's literally. That's literally in the codes of conduct we did last week. Why you can slander a country? You can't. <laughs> what are they going to do? Sue me, Jamaica. Not Jamaicans. Love them, but Jamaica. Have you gone there? I haven't. I haven't been there. Not since the Winter Olympics. <laughs> Uh, my wife has been uh, sort of in her new career this year as a as an after school carer. Yes, we thank her so we can all go back to work after school finishes because weirdly school isn't nine to five, which would be beneficial for workers. It is funny. I do I do think back and was like, wow, my mum <laughs> my mum worked nights to make sure 
that they didn't have to use like after school care or daycare or anything like that. You bet she did. And how dare you? <laughs> she was in data entry. Yeah, it was the whoa. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing. Uh, uh, because it's my wife's first year, she still is to like encounter a lot of things. Yep. And so she was very excited this weekend to tell me that she met uh, some brothers okay. who come to the after school care uh, that have like two mums. And how- she it was like, oh, wow. How old are they? Uh, she was saying that one is about seven and the older brother, he's about 10 or so. I'll be talking stepmums. Well, this is the thing. So she's going like, oh, wow, like this is like, this is really wonderful. Mm. And like that they've got two mums. And she was saying that, <laughs> this is what she was saying, that the younger brother, yeah. uh, he is like, he's like really sweet and like super affectionate yep. and, uh, uh, like really happy to like play with the girls and that sort of thing. Yep. And she was like, but it's surprising because mm. the older brother is like very sporty, like uh, like only hangs out with the boys oh, yeah. kind of thing. And she was sort of suggesting that it's like, how would that happen if you had two mums? Surely you'd like you'd like the girls and get along with the girls if you had two mums. Like kids would be different, yeah. But as you pointed out, yeah. your very first question yeah. was my very first question, yeah. and I said, isn't it possible? That they've just got two sets of parents? Yeah. With two different... Like, dad has two wives. Like, And it blew her mind. She was like, oh, Did no. Did she think we... It has shattered her story, her law around mm. this li- this little family. Did she speed up life and think we were, like, in like that 2030, 2040 <laughs> sort of where you get to go, like, oh, everyone has different mums and different dads and yeah. all families are different. So she was, like, super excited she was excited and the I'm progression like, of life. But odds are, odds yeah. are still good that it was on Mother's Day that the, the younger boy remarked, they were like, they were like, oh, we're making some stuff for your mum. And he goes, but I have two mums. Oh. And I'm like, but wouldn't you just think that he just has his dad remarried? <laughs> It's a good point. And it's shattered her dreams. I like that your wife is living in this beautiful, progressive world, and we're like, nah. (laughs) Mitchell and Michael, like a fine wine. No, as in, it's fine, not fancy. The Muggerossa WA cattle farmer has been slapped with a year-long ban at every licensed venue in the state after an incident with a nightclub bouncer. Now, Kyle Ferguson, uh, already kind of known on the TikTok as uh, a bit of a like a young yeah. cowboy. Yeah, and they did that classic thing where it was on the news and then he walks out and I swear all the journalists are like, this is what we've been waiting for. They chuck a mic in his face and they ask him some questions. Oh, I do get on the piss a lot. We go out to properties, we shoot sh- we do burnouts. You know, typical uh, 20-year-old stuff. Kyle Ferguson, a carefree cattle farmer turned TikTok sensation, now slapped with a statewide booze ban. Hey, boys, I have just got a notice saying I'm banned from every alcohol-serving establishment here in WA. Are you going to be able to make a whole year without alcohol? God, no. I, I love the square bear, the old, um, the old sugar cane champagne, a little too much to um, not give that up. I'll tell you what, the honey badger has fallen. <laughs> to Kyle Ferguson. They can't ban him from the number one establishment, it seems, in Australia, his own house. Yeah. <laughs> he barely got through that TikTok video. So he's been, he was in an incident mm. outside of a Northbridge club. Yeah. 
in which he, he took a swing at a bouncer because the bouncer kicked him out. But he was saying that it was unfair to be kicked out because it was over his clothes. And he's a country boy, so he dresses with, like, jeans, yeah. Imagine, hat. Imagine your friend was like, oh, we're doing an R.M. Williams-themed birthday party. And That's you, him. you got a costume. That's him. Is that discrimination on country folk? This is the thing. That's why I guess I wanted to bring it to the show. Because there'd be people out that are listening right now that rock on a Kubra, unironically. Yeah. And the RMs. And as, as you should, you'd never would rock it ironically because it's a beautiful hat. It's functional and stylish. But <laughs> at the same time, do you know what I mean? Like, time and a place. Like, it, it, would you, if, as a country person, is or, that your finest clothes? Although, although, bloody Northbridge, bit wild, wild west out there, you know? Bit like wrangling pigs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've never sounded more city slicker in your life. Invisible uh, touch. That's what he had because he, he, he missed him. He missed him. Uh, it's Genesis on Triple M. Good times, greatest hits. Mitchell and Michael. Better than listening to silence. Is it? Really? I mean, come on. Triple M will have all of the action this coming summer on Listener when it comes to cricket. But the Cricket 2020 World Cup is actually underway. It began this weekend uh, with the group stages, which are for, like, smaller countries to get involved. They play through the group stage. Then they can play the big dogs like Australia, England, Pakistan. Sri Lanka would be a little bit disappointed to be in the group stages. Uh, and they found themselves against Namibia. Namibia, no. uh, which is even like that's just wild. And they lost to Namibia. We're going to talk more about that after seven thirty. But the, the match I want to talk about was the United Arab Emirates. Yes, up against the Netherlands. Okay, well, this was on last night, and the UAE. I believe Australia has like played the UAE in even a couple of like a couple of Test matches. Yeah, so I think they're all right. But the Netherlands, jeez, it's like going back 20 years playing EA cricket on the PlayStation. Yeah, I remember Netherlands. Remember chucking the Netherlands in there because they were easy? (laughs) Well, maybe not anymore. Because I tell you what, mate, I'm on the Dutch train because I was blown away by their their bowling attack in particular. Is this their national anthem? This is their national anthem. It's pretty, pretty wild. With the opening lines are William of Nassau of I am Dutch blood. Doesn't Metallica sing that song like Off the Netherlands? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying get, get on the board the Dutch this World Cup season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a guy whose last name is Pringle. Tim Pringle. Tim Pringle. <laughs> Tim Pringle. He's a he's a tall left arm off spinner, left left arm orthodox spinner, uh, who wears glasses. Oh, really? <laughs> like a Vittori. Like a Dan Vittori from his... And it is fitting because he is actually... He's actually a Kiwi. So oh. his dad, Chris Pringle... <laughs> but he couldn't make the team. Played for New Zealand. No, but then they moved to Holland. So, like... So he ends up, so he ends up playing for Holland. And he was bowling pretty tight. Yeah. Fred Klaassen? Great. Mwah. Van der Beek? Great. Like, yeah. <laughs> these guys should become household names, yeah. these Dutchmen, uh, because they took it to UAE and they beat them convincingly. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like it sort of fell over towards the end and they sort of got over just like, but I feel that it's their bowling attack was much, much better, much more comprehensive. 
They just need to tidy things up with the bat a little bit. And uh, they are the team to watch this season. Uh, people might know Dirk Nannis, the Australian commentator. Yeah. He actually played for Holland in like 2009. Do you reckon they can Van Gogh all the way? Is Van Gogh Dutch? Yeah, he is. He is Dutch. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> just, just double check. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I do. I get around him. How far? How get, far? Amongst, get amongst a smaller team this this World Cup and get around him. Yeah. So you reckon, like, put him on a placing of the World Cup? What's your prediction? Uh, they will. They will win their group, so they're going to move to the next stage. Yep. And they probably won't win another okay. game. That's that. the but they're going to win. But they're going to win their group. So in the group mm. stage, pick a team. So you got like Ireland, Scotland. They're in Group B. Pick oh. one of those. Oh. The Scottish. Playing cricket, madness. Triple M, Mitchell and Michael, and joining us on the line now, as he loves to every Monday for a bit of a sports recap, it is our favourite sports reporter, the one and only Jacob Landsmere. G'day, gents. Nice to be with you on a Monday. Now, mate, uh, let me start with cricket. Do we suck this year or not? <laughs> oh, Mitch, it's too early to say that. Uh, it's, it's, only the, it's only the leading game. Um, yes, England beat us 2-0 and they probably would have won 3-0 if the rain hadn't saved us the other night, but uh, it's too early to say. I mean, Australia have done this before. They did it last year. Everyone gave them no chance of winning the World Cup in the UAE and they ended up winning that. So I'm not panicking yet, but clearly there's a few holes in Australia's team that need to be sorted out uh, before their, their first game. World Cup's underway. A couple of games yesterday down in Geelong. Do we use it more like a pre-season, though? Like, do we, where other teams maybe go for the confidence? Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, I just think, I just think Australia probably, probably got an abundance of riches. They've probably got too much of a good thing. Cameron Green wasn't in, even in the squad, and he was opening the batting and blasting fifties in India only a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, there are plenty of options. Aaron Finch is still a worry at the top of the order. Uh, Steve Smith is here in the best eleven. There's a few questions to ask, but uh, I think they'll all be answered by the time we get to the the serious stuff. Is it? More fair to say that Sri Lanka are off to a bad start, losing to Namibia. It's not just a loss, though, Michael. It was the, the magnitude of the loss. Namibia, are, well, they're a lower-ranked team than Sri Lanka. That, that's one thing to say. But Namibia coming off a really good T20 World Cup last year, and they've won by 55 runs in Geelong. They absolutely dominated the game. And you would have thought if the margin was going to be 55 runs, it'd be Sri Lanka winning by that, uh, that depth of margin. So Namibia have trounced Sri Lanka and left Sri Lanka with a lot of work to do to actually progress to the main draw now. So great result for Namibia, a little-known cricketing nation, but not a good result for Sri Lanka. Now, Jacob, have you kept your eye across the basketball at all? Yeah, Wildcats um, lost Friday night to Melbourne United, unfortunately, which was disappointing, but that's our first loss of the year. Jack Jumpers had a couple of good wins over the weekend. They're back to 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Adelaide had that great win over in the US against the Phoenix Suns, but got absolutely uh, pumped by Tasmania uh, late last week. So, yeah, the, the NBL's moving pretty rapidly. Uh, Glory went down in the A-League. So, yeah, sort of mixed results for our WA sporting teams now that footy's on the back burner a bit. Even though footy has finished up, there doesn't seem to ever be, like, a stopping of headlines because St Kilda this weekend just threw Brett Ratton out. They said, nah, you know that two-year extension we just gave you? Forget about it. I hope he's got a good uh, good lawyer, uh, Brett Ratton, so he can make sure he gets that money that he's owed from the two-year contract that he signed. Yeah, bizarre, really. Came through late on Thursday night that he was being moved on, and Friday morning it was a reality. So 
St Kilda do this. They just uh, they go from one coach to another, one premiership in 150 years almost of their history, and it's always the coach's fault. It's not the culture, it's not the players, it's not the board, it's always the coach's fault. They're always the first to go. So Ross Lyon back to St Kilda is probably the hot take at the moment that he could end up back at Moorabbin and, and coaching the Saints for a second time. Took them the three grand finals and Yep, Saints fans might be happy to see an old familiar face back at the helm. Now, if you could grade West Coast and Fremantle's like trade season and off season so far, what would you give them both? Well, they've been different. Uh, Fremantle were pretty active in the trade period. They lost a few, they gained a few, they lost Lob and Logue and Meek, just to name a few acres. But to get Luke Jackson in, he was the big in last week. They got Jager O'Meara at the 11th hour as well. So. So if the like about what Fremantle have bought in, they feel like they're in the premiership window now. They're going all in, all chips in on, you know, big name players. And West Coast, on the other hand, are going the other way. They're going to the draft. They've got four picks in the top 30. Uh, they bought in Jaden Hunt from uh, Melbourne and only lost Junior Rioli as far as players. So I'd say that Fremantle get an A minus. For me, if we're going to give a grade or a score, you give them probably eight out of 10. And I think the Eagles you probably give them a solid six. What did that be? That's probably a B. That's what you and me, Mitch, used to get at school. Probably a B. <laughs> that is a B true. or a C or a C plus But is remember, what you get with guys. It was drama, so it was scaled down. So it was <laughs> a C and true. a D. Yeah, we just, yes, yeah, B or C was just enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good stuff as always, mate. Uh, nice to chat, guys. Have a good week. A report has suggested that about $8 billion in Medicare funds is effectively fraudulent. Oh, yeah. Uh, with claims that uh, medical facilities are, like, claiming Medicare on, like, dead people or oh. procedures that were never carried out or money is being recouped to a higher degree to give to a corporation rather than to the doctors in said clinic okay. that are making the claim. So the AMA, which is the Australian Medical Association, they have hit back saying that doctors will be sickened by the investigation, which is an undeserved attack on the whole profession. And, and I quote this, Australian doctors have worked incredibly hard through COVID, so today's coverage is as appalling as it is inaccurate. So, so you're saying that... They're saying that if, it's, mm. if it is accurate, though, then it's, not, then it's not inaccurate, so therefore it's not appalling? Yeah. So you're saying it... And if it's sickening, can they claim that on Medicare? <laughs> well, how long will you need on that one? You know what? Let's make them wait. If they are sickened by this, yeah. every, like, just take a seat. We'll get to you so shortly. Who's the one doing it? Doing the dodge? Is it the Medicare or is it the doctors that they're saying? So Medicare or whoever carried out this report, which I'm not sure exactly which department exactly did this, they're saying that the that clinics kind of as a whole and and therefore doctors are making these fraudulent claims. Not all of them. And they even stress that in the thing. They said, this is definitely not an everyone. This yeah. is a very rare case, but it has cost a lot of money. Oh. It's not happening a lot, but $8 billion worth of taxpayer money could be like just going up in smoke. It's horrible. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the doctors are in trouble. We're in trouble. Maybe we're not. In, in no, trouble. we're not in trouble. We're fine. If, if, if we are the ones actually that have to be mad, apparently, if eight billion dollars are gone, 
That's eight billion taxpayer dollars. But do we get some of it back? (laughs) If you enjoyed the Mitchell and Michael podcast, remember to subscribe, leave a review and share with your mates.